0: Welcome, and thank you for listening and subscribing to Behind the Screen. I am your host, uh, J.T. Kane, and I'm here with my my very good friend, Matt Corey. And we're here to talk about auditions, as you know, specifically orchestral auditions, which take place behind the screen. Hence the name, Behind the Screen. It's a very clever name. We came up Mm -hmm. with that. That was the first name we thought of, and we stuck with it. But uh, I hope that our discussions... Uh, and our guests will be a resource and inspiration for anyone who is currently taking auditions or just interested in the audition process.
1: Nicely done, JT. Thank you. Thank you for the countdown. Yeah, that seemed to be really effective.
0: Well, you know, it's the first time, and and you just told me about it, so I don't didn't know this was happening. You oh. caught me off guard. Thank you for being so adaptable, as always. I, I'm I'm here for you.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> you don't sound like it.
2: You bros, man, such bros.
1: <laughs> yeah, number twenty. This is our twentieth podcast. Twentieth podcast. We're yeah. really broing out now.
0: Twentieth podcast, and about we've been friends for over twenty years. So Ooh. that's that's yeah. something about like, 20 well, well over right? twenty years, right? let yeah. right? sure. Let's say yeah. that. Sounds All right.
1: Good. Well, this podcast is brought to you by Insight for the Blind, a very special recording studio based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida where over 100 volunteers produce talking books and magazines for the blind and physically handicapped, so that all may read. See for
0: yourself at insightfortheblind.org. Thank you to Insight for the Blind. Thank you, Matt, for being... Matt is the the Insight for the Blind. He, he runs that organization. It's a great organization and a great sponsor for us to have. So thank you, Matt. Can I tell you something
1: funny? Sure. You'll appreciate this. So. Okay. Throughout the pandemic, typically we have a core of about 75 volunteers that come in weekly, and they do all of our recording and engineering. So th- mm-hmm. the volunteers work in pairs. And obviously, we had to slow that down a bit when the pandemic started. So as of November, we've been back to maybe four or five volunteers a day. Like one person will come in and review, and then we have you know a very moderate... Mm-hmm. Um, amount of they volunteering. do it like in,
0: in shifts or there? A- yeah,
1: yeah, 2-hour shifts. But to kind of pick up the slack, the staff has been reading, which for many of them that's no big deal. Like two of them are like Lindsay and sandy are actresses and they do audiobooks and stuff like that anyway, but I've had to narrate some. Ooh. And so there's like a couple of Do you, do you have a demo for us? No, I'm talking to you right now. This is what I sound like.
0: <laughs> so I don't know maybe put on a a different voice no
1: no 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 we don't do we don't want anyone to sound like an announcer when they're reading these articles so I was excited because southern living magazine is one of the things we record as is uh smithsonian magazine and playboy magazine and smithsonian is one of my favorite ones to read I do a couple of the sections each month each time the same section so I woke up yesterday planning to come into the studio and read and JT, I sounded like I was just hitting puberty. <laughs> <laughs> my voice was squeaking, and it was like an octave lower than what it is now. Like, anytime I tried to inflect at all, it shot up an octave.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs>
1: I have no idea. I had yeah. some tea. Lindsay tried to, like, coach me through it, you know? And um, work. it, it worked, but it took a couple of hours to oh get my, my voice gosh. warmed up.
2: Wow, that's weird. And it
1: just kind of made me think, though, about um, about vocalists. You know how they—it's yeah. one thing, for, you know, if I have a bad read or you know, if a pianist has a bad piano or whatever. But I can't imagine like living in fear of that exact thing happening to an opera singer or an actor. Or,
2: hey guys, I, mean, I I was married to an opera singer. Okay. Oh, you oh. were. My first husband was a baritone.
0: Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! So, Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true? Do they wear scars all the time?
2: Well, they're very, very conscious about yeah. any, you know, um, any kind of chills. And days of performances, he just would not talk. He wouldn't yeah. talk. Oh, wow. I'd give him a nice massage, whatever. But he was saving everything um, for the performance, of course. Um, there was... Always would wear a T-shirt under a shirt. You know, um, mm-hmm. just many, many things. And he was not even a... Particularly paranoid singer, like he took a lot of stupid risks, like he smoked and you know, well, various 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 things he smoked.
0: (laughs) 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 I mean, that's all right. Like I, you know, I I actually I've I quit smoking. Did you? It's been six six months. Hey, congratulations! I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, nobody likes a a quitter.
2: That's a big deal. Wow. Yeah. Cigarettes.
0: Cigarettes, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really big deal. Good
1: yeah. for you. Thanks.
2: Well, congratulations.
1: Finally kicking all of that stuff it was one of the, the hardest things ever, the mm-hmm. nicotine thing. Yeah. Good for I still good think about it. you.
2: Good on both of you. Good for you. Good for you. You always probably will, but yep. you mm-hmm. know, it's so much better that you didn't. I look that better.
0: My hair's growing back. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I mean, <laughs> you definitely smell better.
0: Uh well, well
1: I'm sure you well, do cuz he always smelled pretty good anyway but Yeah, did. yeah well. I know. Despite I t- the the smoking.
0: <laughs> How do we get on this topic? Can can we welcome our guest? How about you
1: introduce our guest? <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like Finally. one of the most it's awesome a guests ever. It's the guest that we've had. is <laughs> this is the longest we've gone without introducing our guest, but I would like to welcome to the show Cindy Phelps, principal viola of the New York Philharmonic. Cindy, thank you so much for being here and talking about our smoking habits.
2: <laughs> My pleasure.
0: <laughs> yeah, should we just end it here? I think that I think we've peaked. I don't know. <laughs> this is really great. I'm so happy that you're here. I, and and I have to say, it's taken me a season and a half to invite uh, a, a, a viola uh, guest to our show. So um, it's. I think that's me personally. I've been terrified to talk about violas as a as a uh, as a Violist myself, Um, so I figured if we're going to have a violist, we have to have like literally the best violist out there. So, who better to have than than you?
2: Well, there's lots of great violists out there, so I'm very flattered that you chose to reach out to me.
0: Our podcast is about auditions, so we talk a lot about you know people who are in the process of taking auditions and kind of what they've gone through. But I really wanted to focus this season a lot more, kind of on the other side of the screen. You joined the New York Philharmonic back in 1992. That's right. And so obviously, you've listened to quite a few auditions, I would imagine. I have. Yes. <laughs> so when you're when you're sitting there behind the screen, what's what's the experience like? I mean, it, it, you know, kind of give us an idea of your day sitting there behind the screen.
2: Sure. I mean, it's uh, something that you have to prepare for mentally because it's easy to get fatigued, and that's mm-hmm. the last thing you want to be fair to to be give everybody a chance. You really have to stay on top of keeping your ears fresh. You have to make decisions quickly. These auditions go so quickly, as we yeah. all know, you know, you get those few min- precious minutes in there. So I feel extreme responsibility on the other end to remain fresh, to listen as closely as possible without being distracted. And sure. I would have to say in, in recent years, I, I had to make it a rule on one of my audition committees that everybody put their phone in a place where they can't, pick it up, ever.
0: Yeah.
2: Not ever. I don't care yeah. if you're checking anything in between. You you check something in between a candidate, someone else will see it and they'll do the same thing. And then you'll be distracted. Yeah. So there's been a lot of um, ways to be distracted with the introduction of cell phones. So that, that goes out completely.
0: Yeah. It's um, I've actually heard uh, some committees that uh, they, they actually have to put their cell phone in like, you know, yeah, before going, they have to put their cell phone somewhere, like in the, the personnel manager, whomever yeah. holds on to it. So they, so they can't, so that, so that you, you're giving also, you know, nobody's texting anyone or, or giving any information away also. So.
2: Yeah. I, I would hope that that, that kind of thing would never happen, yeah. but but just to you know, I don't care if you're checking on your babysitter. You know that your your partner needs to do it at that point. It just really has to be all about the kids that are showing up. I, I really yeah. feel very very strongly about that because it's it's a horrible process and <laughs> <laughs> it can be a horrible process. I think I would really and I advise my my students all the time. It this does not have to be a horrible process. It's it seems um, so. Uh, counterintuitive and so so false and strange to take these snippets of things yeah. to present yeah. who you are, you know. Excerpts—they're they're an, an evil. But I, I do feel that one thing that comes across behind a screen always will be a commitment to the love of what you're doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah. I say to everybody, you've you've got to you've got to love what you're doing. I don't care if it feels false and weird and out of context, you still have to love it, and to love it, you need to understand where it lies in the greater part of whatever symphonic um, piece you are, yeah. are being asked to play at the time, and that comes across.
0: So when you're when you're preparing a student uh, to take an audition, um, or even I, I would imagine, I mean, do you have do you have people that are that are not not in your studio and and just say hey Cindy you know could you could you hear me could you listen to this excerpt list or whatever it is at times what are you i mean when you're telling them and you're 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 listening to them play What is what are the kind of things that you would tell someone that they're doing? Like, like I I, I can't even think because there's so many like spiccato or you know bow changes or phrasing or things like that. Is there a formula to it? Is there kind of like like do you say like oh you have to listen to this recording if you're going to take this audition or is that something that you 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 tell them or
2: no it's not Uh, you know maybe I should I don't know I I have to say when I took my (laughs) own audition well it's interesting you say that because. I was auditioning for Kurt Mazur, who was the new music director at the time. Mm -hmm. And one of the excerpts was uh, the Beethoven 5, slow movement. And I thought enough to say, what tempo would you like me to take? Because I knew, and I had listened to enough recordings that I knew that it could vary greatly. And he looked at me very challengingly and said, what tempo do you think I would want? (laughs) And I had actually listened to some of his Beethoven recordings and knew that he Aired toward the slower side. So, mm-hmm. I chose a very moderate tempo. So, in fact, maybe I should advise my students that way. It's not the first thing I would advise them of. The first thing I would advise them of is this is important. I do not take any orchestral rep repertoire, excerpts, sonatas, concertos. I treat them all equally. I need to know how you feel about this music and what you want to say with it. So, yes, of course, rhythmic nuance dynamic nuance all the things that can easily become mechanical you have to find a way to make it not be mechanical even midsummer night's dream something like that yeah. you know yes you have to have a spiccato of course but what's really happening in this music right i'll get specific which is totally nerdy but you have no please do we love <laughs> we love nerdy da 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 okay you have some note changes in there and then you go dun da 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 right it's within the context of a larger crescendo, but at that point, obviously, you do not have the melody. So to just keep getting louder and insistent with that doesn't make a lot of sense. It makes sense to have some heft, but not be. It, it, this is so so minutia like, but
0: no, but this is it isn't though. I don't I don't think it is. I really don't think. I think a lot of people don't realize that those little details of knowledge. Are so important.
2: It's it's tiny, but you're showing up with a bunch of other people. You need yeah. to show on some level that you have a a really good depth of understanding of of your role as a viola player at that point in that piece. We are the, the undergoing rhythmic um, engine for so many other instruments in the orchestra. So yeah. having rhythmic grounding and having rhythmic nu- nuance, which allows you to have some elasticity between just laying down this this nice bed of uh, rhythm for mm-hmm. whoever has a, a melody on top of you, that's huge for any violist.
0: And it's ex- it's exhausting at times as well. I mean, you know, we know, I mean, gosh, do any any uh, um, Strauss waltzes and you know how, how just incredibly exhausting it is. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. when you took your audition for New York Phil, I'm guessing that, you, you know, if you were talking to Kurt Mazur, it was, you weren't behind a screen. So one of, one of my questions was, What's the difference nowadays from the auditions that you guys are doing now to when when you took the audition?
2: Well, at that point, I can I can only speak to what I have experienced here in New York. Um, mm-hmm. When I took the audition, I was actually on stage, and everybody else was out in the hall.
0: Everybody so, else, like uh, the, the the panel the or, or the committee, the committee, committee.
2: Yeah. the committee mm-hmm. was in the hall. Um, most of the auditions that I've been on the panel for have been on the stage. So there's been a big screen. I mean, keep in mind that I came in for a final invited round, um, mm-hmm. because I'd, I was already the principal violist of the Minnesota Orchestra. They'd had a couple of auditions, or at least one, maybe two, to that point. So they were only bringing in people that they invited, and mm-hmm. there was no screen involved. And their uh, format was to have people on stage. We did that also for our um, concertmaster audition when Frank Juan on the position. Yeah. The committee was out in the hall. And there was a chamber music round as well. So you really can't have a, a screen at that point. Um, other auditions, section, I've sat on section bass, section cello, section violin, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
2: principal players on the, in the violin section. I've, I haven't been on any wind or brass or percussion committees, but it's screened all the way up until the very last round.
0: And you guys do also... Um- a lot of a lot of tape rounds also. Am I right? Like, I if there's a if there's a high number of applicants, you'll ask a, a, yeah a lot of them to do some a, a tape, right?
2: Yes, um, and that usually we we make those distinctions based on experience and age. Yeah. So if you know someone's sure. just out yeah. of school, they've never been in an orchestra; it's their first audition ever. Uh, that will be somebody that yeah. we ask to send a tape.
0: So how many like you? So you were you were. Principal violist of the Minnesota Orchestra Mm -hmm. before New York Phil. How many, I mean, was that, because you, you, I can't imagine you took very many auditions because, you know, right out of college, you got Minnesota. Is that right?
2: No, I was actually principal viol of the San Diego Symphony. That was my first job. Oh my
0: gosh. I didn't realize. Yeah. What kind of advice do you give, do you give your students, like, like, as far as preparation, like, um... You know, day of or day day before, like arriving to a, to an or to an audition to a different city or something like that. Is there any kind of uh, advice that you give give your students?
2: My best advice is the same advice for anything in life. The more you can prepare for something you really care about, the better chances you'll have yeah. at success. So, preparation. I don't mean just you know preparing your your excerpts and playing for people and making sure you feel comfortable performing. I mean Getting there early. I mean, making sure that you choose a flight that doesn't have any room for anything screwing up. Um, Anything could happen, (laughs) you know. And so you just you need to prepare as well you as well as you can for any anything that could go wrong. Make sure you have food with you. Make sure you have water with you. Make sure you're there super early. Um, All that stuff. Just you know. And then and then saying that, (laughs) make sure that you're not going to be rattled if something goes amiss.
0: Yeah. Be
2: okay. Be okay with last minute whatever know, just like it, there's so much that's not in your hands yeah you know but you can you can only represent yourself as well as you can represent yourself so give yourself every, every advantage and then you know then you're in better shape than if you hadn't
0: i hear a lot of times you know from people taking auditions about their audition um and the reason that they feel like they didn't make it past the first round or or whatever it is is there something that you could say, as someone sitting behind the screen, there's the obvious, right? There's the clearly like somebody who's who's rushing or slowing down or just doesn't play in tune or, or whatever. You know, the, the very clear and in, in obvious things. But how how do you really quantify? You know, who who advances? Is it just I want to hear them again?
2: Mm-hmm. It, it, oftentimes, it's I want to hear them again because there was something in that playing that really excited me. Yeah, you know, I felt that this person. Um, wasn't just playing Brahms or Mozart or Strauss. I I heard whoever that person is. I heard who they were through this okay, music. Yeah. See, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. That's what we want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Anyway, right. I, I I want to hear, of course, you know, a clean technique, a, a, an ease with the instrument, getting around technically, a very good sense of rhythm, um, you know, intonation, all of that. But behind that, what beyond that, really?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: what are they saying? What do I get from this? Oh, that was a beautiful slide. Well done. Oh, that was so expressive, that phrase. I really love that. Oh, and then I'll want to hear them more. Oh, you know, fell a little short in this area. Let's ask for this excerpt because I'm not sure if the bow control is completely, okay, so maybe it was nerves. Let's give them a chance. You know, let's give them mm-hmm. something else. You know, it's it's really, I, I, I really, we everyone tries to be as kind as they can because it's- yeah so difficult to really feel comfortable in an arena like that. And mm-hmm. so my second piece of advice is always, you don't have to have this job. Nobody has to have a job. Life is is bigger than that. So mm-hmm. this is one opportunity, say, and give it your best shot. Take the pressure off yourself as far as like, God, I just got to, I got to advance. I got to advance. You know, yeah. that that's just, I think that's diminishing returns. I think, you know, and I certainly didn't go into any audition that way. I always went in thinking, okay, well, I may or may not get it, but it can't hurt, and it can't hurt for me to put my heart and soul behind it and every bit of prep I can, but I'm not going to die if I don't get it, you know? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Life yeah. is way bigger than that, and I see a lot of kids just tie themselves up in knots, and that makes me really sad.
0: It's very true. I see it. I mean, I see it daily, you know, where, where I work you know, at New World. it's it's uh, It's definitely a thing, you know, and... As much as I can counsel a fellow, you know, that it's not good, the end of the world if they don't get it, it's so hard because the pressure, especially the ones that are older, the ones that are about to leave New World and they're, they have just all this pressure and there's so much. And I'm in, you know, as much as I can tell them, it's not, you know, it's okay. Like, even if you don't win, like, give yourself a chance to breathe, give yourself a chance to. To feel, you know, because right now you've got the weight of the world on you and there, that's no way to go in to take an audition. That's no way to represent yourself.
2: No, absolutely not. It right. doesn't put you in the right frame of mind. I don't think. I don't Are think.
1: Are there techniques to combat that? Because I think one of the reasons, especially with a group like the New York Philharmonic, you're going to get that pressure is because it's a dream orchestra for 99% of anyone that's ever touched an instrument. Uh, that that wants to be in a symphony has dreamt about playing with the New York Phil. So there's that feeling, and then there's also the feeling that, especially if it's like a title chair or whatever, that position isn't going to open maybe ever again in your lifetime for an orchestra such as yours. So are there specific techniques that you can use to take the pressure off? Because those kinds of things, for me, I could tell myself all day, you know, you're going to have other chances to audition, but there's like this little voice that's saying, but maybe not for this chair.
2: Yeah, you know, I I guess I just don't... don't (laughs) Easy for me to say having this position for so many years, right? But really, I mean, I grew up in California. I didn't want to live in New York, but I really didn't. I mean, it's a great orchestra. There are a lot of great orchestras out there, but I was ready to take... I was poised to take three auditions. Principal of New York, Principal of Boston, and Principal of LA were all open at the same time. So I managed to fall into a lucky time when when I was going to audition for all of them. And I took the New York audition, I won it. And then I thought, okay, uh, Boston is the the general um, orchestral attitude at that time, from what I understood, was not rich because they'd had the same conductor, Seiji Ozawa, for many, many years. And there was just a morale kind of thing going on. I grew up in LA. Did I really want to be, like, I was young enough that I felt, that I wanted to just sort of spread out and see what it would be like to live elsewhere. And Kurt Mazur had just been hired, so I thought, okay, well, this is it. I, you know, New York—it's expensive. Um, you know, I, yeah. but I just—I—I'm glad I—I I took it and didn't go for the other positions. I felt that it was the best thing for me musically, and I moved my whole family there. But—but but mm. my point is, there is no perfect anything anywhere at any time. Yeah. You may think there is. <laughs> but there's really not. What's perfect is when you can feel inside that you have a balanced life, that's perfect. And that's something to strive for your whole life, to have something that's balanced. So anything that you really truly want, you're gonna prepare 100%, but you always have to leave open the possibility that life could throw you in another direction that would actually be more fulfilling. I think we always need to entertain that so that you're not putting so much pressure on just this one thing having to happen, that's crazy. That's just crazy.
1: That's really well put,
0: yeah, that's great. That's great advice.
1: people need to hear that uh in music, but people in think in general need to hear that <laughs> little piece of yeah. advice in in yeah. any walk of life, so thank you for yeah. saying that
0: yeah you know I, I i often ask when you're on the other side of the screen what what are you looking for? Is it more than than simply playing perfectly, and you said that well, like what in that's well, what is playing perfectly? what does that even mean? There's no definition to that, right especially in music.
2: Yeah. Uh, Listen, I would rather hear a few notes go by that weren't perfectly in tune and hear somebody really say something than have somebody who was robotic and perfect. That, to me, is not what music is about.
0: And that's not what you want in, in your section or in your orchestra. You don't want a robot. You want a human. You want a person. You want feelings. You want emotion.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah you were talking about what it is that you you hear what it is you're listening for when when you hear something you want to hear them again I have I have I have a, I have a friend who's a, who's, a, who's a pianist and he was an amazing accompanist and I remember hearing him play just the accompaniment part and I could it was and it was the accompaniment of, of an orchestral piece and and I could hear all of the all of the voices mm-hmm. when he was playing mm-hmm and for me, when I listen to someone who kind of piques my interest, because I listen I again I, I mean I sit and listen to to, to to the New World fellows, you know, every year in, in the beginning of the year and, you know, just kind of get to know them, kind of remember, you know, say hello again. And when they're playing and they're and they're at that level, I all I often hear just everything else that's going on around them. I'm not focused on the rhythm or the technique or anything like that. I'm i I'm, I'm hearing the music. You know, and I think that's so important uh, that, you know, to people that are preparing for auditions to remember that that it it is really about the music. It isn't just about, you know, just about being in this box and playing everything perfectly. Because, again, I think that that restricts you.
2: Absolutely. That's so well put, JT. That's exactly right. And you can tell when someone's coming in and they're playing and they are responding to everything that's going on in their head and also our heads because we know this music so well. And that's one thing, you know, I teach an orchestral rep class and that's one thing I find myself saying over and over again. You guys, I keep expecting you to have perspective. And of course, how could you have perspective? I have played these pieces millions of times and you haven't. So this is what you need to listen for. This is what you need to focus on. You know, I try and really um, educate them on their role and how important yeah. it is and why it's important
0: let's stick with that. So when you're when you're talking to them, you know how do they gain that perspective because I used to when I was when I was on the audition circuit, I would put on a recording I didn't have any specific recording or anything like that I you know whatever I could find and I would try to play along with it until yeah. I could hear the voices and things like that. Yeah. I never went as far as you know, getting a score and understanding, and then and again, that's why I didn't win an audition, but you know, I, it, well, I I won a few, I won a few, I have to give myself credit for, for mm-hmm. some for the ones that I did win, but I didn't do a deep dive into it and know really what you need to know in order for you to go in there and have the confidence and be prepared. It's all about preparation, right? Like if yeah. you're, you go on stage, you're prepared, you know, you're prepared. Yeah. Like you, you still have the nerves, you still have the anxiety, but you use that, right? Do you tell them to listen? Like, in order to get that kind of perspective of playing, do you do you have them listen along or play along with, 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 with recordings or anything? Yeah,
2: You know, I, I do suggest that they do, of course. And, you know, nothing replaces the experience. And, of, and of course, also yeah. over the years almost 30 years in New York now, so many different conductors pointing out different things that are so interesting. My husband used to make so much fun of me in early years when I first joined the New York Philharmonic. He's like, you are such a nerd. You must be the only person in the orchestra who's playing along with the recording. But I was, I would do it all of the time. I would play along with recordings because I just needed, I needed to surround myself with this kinds of sounds that I'm going to be sitting in the middle of and understand what my role is at that point. You know, any, any Mozart symphony, You've got beautiful woodwind lines that cannot possibly hear the viola section you're in front of them they're not going to hear you mm-hmm. so you need to show a certain kind of flexibility and you know and a little bit of um nuance even if you're just going yet you need to show something along the lines and also i like i I'm a mover I think it's natural to move especially if you're if you're the rhythmic center of what's going mm-hmm. on, and, and your colleagues can't hear you. They need to be able to get something to go on, and you need to be able to flexi- be flexible to go with them.
0: That's really great advice because it actually brings me to my my next point. So once you have – does New York field – do you guys do trial weeks or is there anything? Uh,
2: we do. Um, we do have trial weeks and, of course, the tenure um, process.
0: So, right. Yeah. And so so what, what I'm getting at is the knowledge – Of what's going on around you can really help benefit you as a person, the person who just won right this position sitting in this orchestra, in order to not kind of, I don't know, step on someone solo or or not be with your section or something, right? That's kind of important.
2: Good point. I mean, you may have had a really good day where everything just lined up and you felt really confident and you represented yourself well and you got the job, and then you know, the so further along the road when you have your trial weeks, make sure that you really know the piece inside and out, whatever, whatever is going on with it.
0: Yeah. I had a a friend of mine uh, who had just won um, principal timpani of, um, of organ symphony. He, he told me, he's like, when he won the the day that he won it, he was like, yeah, so now, now is when, you know, I I really need to start practicing. You know,
2: (laughs) you know what? It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a hard job. It's a really hard job. I've missed it a lot, but I'm, kind of grateful not to have to go in four nights a week because, you know, face it, playing Bruckner, playing Mahler 9, like four nights in a row, not even four nights, say say a Thursday night and a, and a Friday morning, it w- that music was not meant to be played so, performed so closely together. So you really have to, yeah. you got to really, really love music, love performing, love what you do to keep it fresh.
0: But how do you avoid injury? When you, because like, I mean, I'm thinking Bruckner, you know, I mean, we all know Bruckner is played pages and pages of tremolo for, for Viola or it's just like, just in general, like, you know, your physical being, do you do anything uh, like yoga or exercise or whatever?
2: Everything. I do everything. I really, as I said, (laughs) I believe in a very balanced life. Balanced life means that you get outside, you exercise, you eat good food, you, you, know, you just take care of yeah. your whole being. And so I enjoy being athletic, so I play a lot of tennis. And I have done quite a bit of yoga this year, especially because I've had time to do it. Right. And um, I'll do anything. I'll do any physical activity at all. I swim, <laughs> I, you know, I swim, I play tennis, I run, I do any class. I'll go to any class. I'll join any class. I don't care what it is. Yeah. I'll try anything.
0: Matt's a big, Matt's a big, uh, a big tennis guy. I actually really? started playing a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, when I was a kid, I, I don't know why I, I, I wanted to be a professional tennis player No
2: kidding. when I was wow. like
0: between the ages of 10 and 14, 15 or something like that. I was, um, I was, you know, having my lessons. I, I grew up in Sarasota. Oh, um, so wow. it was a big tennis yeah. and I was on my high school tennis team and, and did all this wow. and, and, uh, But I I haven't seen the outside in days. Oh, (laughs) my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) It's been terrible. That's not good. That's not
2: balanced, JT. That's not balanced. It's
0: not balanced. Thank you. And and I'm going to take your advice, and I'm going to go outside probably the day after tomorrow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Cindy, when you come down, we'll have to do some mixed doubles.
2: That would be so fun. So listen, you have to understand that I took up tennis in my 40s. I'd never played tennis before. Oh, that's awesome. And I thought because I'm a runner and I thought okay well I'm going to like burn myself out I sh- and I see all these old guys playing tennis all the time so I thought that's a sport I should really learn so I threw myself into tennis very you know and listen, as somebody who didn't learn it as a child, I do not have that muscle memory. But I've applied myself studiously and I've had <laughs> I've had so much um, instruction because that's I'm just that type of person. Uh-huh. And you know, it's so funny. The other day I was playing with my partner and she, she has a very strong serve and she served it right to my body. <laughs> and my mind said, Do I take an up or a down bow? Uh, In- oh, no. <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. Instead of a backhand or forehand, I just I just froze. Of course, I, I didn't return her serve. And I because I was so stunned by my own thought process at that point. What's
0: your downbo? What's your up bow? Is your forehand downbo? And
2: I don't know. I just knew there was a choice between one or the
0: other. If you're blocking your body, I'm guessing that's like a downbo. <laughs> yeah yeah, I guess so. yeah, 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 the backhand would probably be a downbo. It, yeah. it was a
2: very funny moment when my world's totally collided because ten- tennis has also really helped me during this year of COVID you know, just feel sane. And mm-hmm. you know, if it wasn't for, for
1: that, I mean, I wouldn't be as sane as I am. I, I know it.
2: Absolutely. Because yeah, that's
1: what I, keeps me sane anyway. And if that, definitely. you know, for the, <laughs> the couple of months where the courts were closed, uh, you know, it was difficult because I thought I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be able to get through this shelter in place as long as I can go play tennis.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And then when they took the nets down and they locked the courts, that was that was a little bit tough to swallow. That
2: was brutal. That was horrible. My My partner and I, Went around, we would travel an hour to go find, a pl- we would kept, you know, trying to find open courts, mm-hmm. courts that still had their nets up and everything. And we got kicked off of no fewer than three courts. Mm-hmm. I mean, we found one <laughs> between uh, behind an abandoned um, um, psych ward, you know, that wasn't used anymore up in like Nyack, New York. And we thought, okay, nobody's here. It was horrible. You know, the holes in the nets yeah. and, you know, yeah, but we, uh, didn't we didn't care. We didn't care. Um, but then they shut it down. But we knew there was a hole in the fence because we'd lost a ball there. So I'm like, oh, let's let's go back. And uh, so we went in <laughs> and the neighbors ratted us out. The, the, the cops showed up and they're like, sorry, yeah. sorry, we heard about you girls. Get off the court. <laughs> it was just
0: like. Oh my God, breaking the law.
2: We, we'd play in gloves. I mean, but yeah. I mean, we very much felt like we're distanced. You need to be outdoors. You need to stay strong. Right. Yeah. The virus yeah, it's sure. not easy to catch outside. I mean, you have better yeah. chances. So, why the why wouldn't we do this? You're supposed to keep you up your immune systems, right? right. I yep. mean, Exactly. We thought we had great reasons to keep fairly Yeah, Lisa
0: out. Lisa bought uh bought is a Christmas gift, bought tennis rackets for for the both of us. And we would go out. there. And it was like I remember we went out. It was like 20 degrees. Yeah. Yep. But we're we're going outside. Absolutely. We're going to get some exercise. Yeah. Absolutely. It was so it was really but I agree. It was really kind of um, a great way to just kind of blow off some steam. Just run around, super easy. Yeah. You know, I, I we probably lost uh, a couple, uh, I don't know, dozen balls. But <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Yes. They're cheap. Yeah. A lot of upbos over the fence. <laughs> oh god, dear. Yeah. Oh, and I, I would do it. Yeah, I just out of frustration because I was so terrible. Because I, you know, because I remembered how. Uh, I wouldn't say I was that good, but I remembered how I used to be able to hit and I'd be like, oh man, I would get so, so frustrated.
2: It's funny, you know, but it, but it, but it's so similar to something like string playing, uh, playing an instrument, mm-hmm. you know, you just have to, you really have to have your technique in place so that you don't do stupid things and that you don't yeah. injure yourself. So your original question was about, you know, injury. And I feel that being aware of, how your body is balanced at all times. You know, I'll have students that come, I have one that is having, she's trying to transition between using a shoulder rest or not using shoulder rests, And so she gets locked up here and then she gets tied up here. And I'm,
0: uh-huh. you know,
2: you just can't get locked up anywhere. It's gotta be something that's, that's fluid and easy that you prepare for ahead of time so that you're not doing something weird. And then, and then trying to draw your bow or trying to leap to a, a high shift. You know, it all has to happen with, enough time and space so that it's, um, your body's used in a very balanced way. Look, this is very, this yeah. holding an instrument up under your chin with your heads tilted, your arm at an angle like this, that is not yeah. a natural way to hold your body ever, exactly. which is exactly ever, why you need yeah. to do other things like yoga and, and, you know, Pilates, whatever it is to just sort of get your body back in balance. So that's how I do it.
0: Yeah, and I and I asked this because I actually had um, rotator cuff surgery. Oh wow! Um, because of improper position, and you know, I played in a pit for for a, a decade or so, and and I I actually f- think that it wasn't just because it was cramped space, but it was jacket. My jacket was too tight, yeah. or or something like that, and just the weight of it and all that, whatever, you know, and just not really taking care of, of myself yeah. uh, properly, you know, and, and I, and I ended up, yeah, having to take a, a good year and a half off oh, goodness. because of surgery. Oh, yeah. Um, and, 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 in, in reality kind of ending up doing uh, what I'm doing now. Um, so Do you
2: like your life? Do you like what you're doing now?
0: I love what I'm doing. Yes. The- I, so yeah, I, I don't, I have zero regrets and I knew, you know, I had started to go into being a, a, a personnel manager and, um, and I knew that that was kind of more my way of, of kind of contributing to, to our, our profession versus playing. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. doing okay. I mean, I lived in Mexico for, for 10 years, eight years or whatever. And, you know, and then when I came back to the States, you know, it was time to kind of figure out a, a life that, that gave me, a salary and benefits and things like that and I I mean I was a freelance musician I you know Matt Matt and I we we went to school at University of Miami together and and we did all the gigs all up and down I95 together wow and it's it's a very hard life and there are so many especially in South Florida so many um, wonderful amazing uh, freelance musicians incredible musicians yeah, yeah. and they're, they're they make a great life for themselves and um but i know the difficulty of it and that's kind of what when so matt and i when he he came to me and asked me if i wanted to do this kind of podcast where you know talking about auditions and and i was like 100 percent because i know how difficult it is mm-hmm. and if there's a way like for somebody like you to kind of Reach someone who's listening to to give them a bit of advice to give them that edge, you know, or or whatever it is to help them advance in their dream. That's an amazing thing. So uh, I, hopefully, I,
2: I don't. I just th- I think it's important to really define to yourself: Do I really want to be in an orchestra? Is that really the yeah. the one and only thing I want to do? And there are people who feel that way, and they win a job and they love it, love it, love it, love it. There are people who feel yeah. that. It's probably the best thing for them to do because it's the most financially stable, blah, blah, blah. Um, but they don't really – maybe they don't love it. Maybe they get in and they think, oh, this isn't really – Oh, mm, right. Right. Yeah,
0: it's true. You know, and
2: like then they've gotten tenure and then they're stuck and then they can't make yeah. quite as much money doing something else, but they're not really happy. And that's just not a good – that's not a good recipe, I don't think. And
0: you do, you do a lot of chamber music.
2: I do – a ton of chamber music i've always In- done a ton of chamber music i won't give yeah. it up ever um, it, and
0: so I think that's a great, so again, balance of life, right? Yes, so, yeah. so I mean, it does does playing chamber music, not only balance of life help you, but does it help you with your orchestral playing?
2: Absolutely, because it keeps your ears open all the time. You yeah. it, Look, you know, when you're sitting in a string section, you're one of 100 people. You can't hear yourself. You basically can't hear yourself <laughs> most of the time. Now, what kind of fun right. is that? And And <laughs> not to mention, what kind of bad habits are you getting into that you don't even know? Is happening.
0: Well, case in point. Yeah,
2: and and on right. top of that, how many um, physical? Well, as you case in point, you're doing something physically because yeah. you're not paying attention because you're checking out because you are, are tired or you're bored exactly or right. you know yeah. you don't feel like your input is uh, personal enough. And so mm-hmm. I find that you know at least playing chain music keeps you honest. It keeps you aware. It gives you something else to work on. It gives you a voice. It gives you an opinion. It gives you a chance to really. Um, get out of that big, big machine, which is now saying that the orchestra is a great machine and it's wonderful. And I love it, but I love everything. But it's a big machine. It's a big machine. And, I, and the yeah. balance is huge. And I say to all of my students, great. If you want to be in an orchestra, great, but do know that you have to keep up a very active musical life and you have to work at it to be able to, to really, um, have a balance. Um, yeah. And, and feel that you're not just getting swallowed up in this, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I I think that you know, if we were to if we were to 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 name this episode, it would be you know a, a, the balanced life, yes. <laughs> you know, because it it is it and I I love that you say that because, and it's not only you know with musical playing I I struggle with that myself. Like I said, I haven't been outside in days, and I joke. I, of course, I've been outside, but I I've been outside for like fifteen minutes when I ran to the grocery store yeah. and came back, yeah. you know, because I didn't have any food, so that's for me is also and i think for so many people a struggle to have that work life balance yeah, right yeah. it is it is the most important thing yet it is the one thing that we always sacrifice the most
2: well i mean we tend to be obsessive you know musicians you spend hours and hours in a practice room and yeah. and you know you do it cuz you you love it you love it i love it i love practicing i've actually enjoyed having so much time to practice and I'm just a nerd that way but I love it because I also have balance you know I have students that that are relying on me to help them especially during this year right now when they they're they're having to record themselves all the time instead of play for people they're having to you know we've all had to make adjustments and and so I, I don't know I just feel that taking time to Chat with your friends to make good food, to buy good ingredients, to get some vitamin D. You don't get vitamin D when you're sitting inside through the window. That doesn't happen. You have to be outside. It doesn't? No. Are you sure? I'm sure. I'm positive. (laughs) Positive on that one. No. Your body doesn't absorb it the same way. Damn it. Nope. Sorry. I
0: really thought that was a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I've had more than one shrink tell me that. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Friends. 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 (laughs) Yeah.
0: What's next? Like, I mean, I, New York Phil hasn't had an audition in in quite some time. Is there any any plans for an audition? Have you heard anything, you know, uh, coming up? Uh, you know, and if you if you do, and again, I I asked you earlier. You guys are one of the f- very few orchestras that actually do, you know, have um, uh, tape rounds. Are you guys talking about maybe doing more of that in order to eliminate having so many people for the prelims? Is that in discussions?
2: Not to my knowledge. I mean, everybody's scrambling Mm -hmm. right now to just um, stay ahead of the next uh, hurdle. Um, We have no Mm -hmm. hall right now. So anything that we do, we have to do it elsewhere. Um, It's been a big challenge uh, for our particular orchestra, mostly because of the no home. And I would say the the recorded things that we've done, just we're doing recording captures Uh uh, to put on New York Phil Plus, which is their new streaming platform. There were subs hired even. In some of the string sections, like the cello section, there were like four cellists that were willing to show up. You know, I mean, New York was hit early and fast and hard. And so there are a lot of people who just really don't feel comfortable. Um, So looking forward, you know, we do, we are going to have a, we do have right now um, a viola position open. So I would imagine that those auditions will happen, but not any time in the next year because we really don't have a place for them. And and everyone's had a a financial hit as well. So I think we're just trying to hold on, have some kind of season outside of the hall for next year. And then, I don't know if you saw this, um, our hall will be ready um, by fall of 22 because they've been able to accelerate the process because we've (laughs) we've been forced out.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, okay, plus side, you know, the David Geffen is being built and (laughs) that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll
2: be awesome. It'll be really great. And then I would imagine once we're up and running the auditions are going to happen fast and furious because
0: yeah oh well yeah you know? I'm so I am so actually I'm I'm really hoping that you know they they happen sooner rather than later but my obviously my fear as the orchestra manager of the New World Symphony is that they all happen at the same time yeah and we don't have an orchestra <laughs> that we can you know I that we imagine. have on stage yeah that's that's my problem yep. uh, which I'll deal with you know and uh um but I know orchestras are starting to starting to come back i know cleveland is actually next september october's uh, they have four or five
2: auditions already
0: openings yeah good well fort worth is auditioning this week
2: fantastic I, I think the rest of the country is going to come back sooner than we are simply because they don't have that yeah. that hall issue. but listen jt i have a great crew of violists at julia of julia violists are fantastic and so you know if you need people to come in and and well uh, yeah
0: absolutely i mean hopefully they they took they took our uh, audition even if you're if you're still in college, take the audition yeah. because you'll be put on our sub list. I tell them regardless if you're available. It's so important because I, you know, my wife Lisa working in the, in the orchestra library at Juilliard, you know. She has all of all the students come in there, and she has a you know really kind of an open door policy. She loves everybody coming in there, and they talk, and and she's like, oh, are you taking the uh, the the New World audition? And they're like, no, I don't think so. Well, why not? You have to, you know. It's oh, but I'm not I'm not graduating, but it doesn't matter. We'll still bring you down. It's so it's so important. Yeah, I
2: tell my students that we, too. we
0: will have more auditions this summer um, at summer festivals. Still trying to figure that out, but yeah, anyway, I'm sure, I'm sure. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened, either to you personally or dur- <laughs> during an audition that you can remember?
2: Oh goodness, well, um, mm, I'd have to really give that one some thought. I've sat on so many auditions, okay. and <laughs> yes, weird things have definitely happened. And you try so hard as a committee to not respond or not to catch each yeah. other's eyes or whatever. But there's been I, some crazy stuff.
0: I was proctoring an in, in audition, and uh, this poor kid was was playing, did not do, kind of broke down, and started pulling his hair out. Oh no! At the audition, just like grabbing chunks of hair. This wasn't at New World. This was it was in in New Orleans. Just grabbing handfuls, fistfuls of hair, and started ripping them out of his head. And I was like, oh, it was yeah. <laughs>
2: That's nuts. That
0: was one of my, yeah. That's
2: nuts. I mean, I have to say, in, in, by the time we get to the, the no screen, um, I haven't seen anything too crazy at that point. It's all been pretty pretty straightforward and serious. Yeah. Um, but in my own audition for, for New York, I had gotten the, I had gotten several excerpts faxed to me. In, in those days, you know, <laughs> that's what we used. And yep. I didn't have a Bruckner 4 part, so I got one faxed from New York Harmonic. And I started playing this, the excerpt from the slow movement of uh, Bruckner four, it's it's Getzogin. It's it's very. Uh, I didn't I didn't play much Bruckner even in six years yeah. in Minnesota. I did a lot of Mahler, but no Bruckner. And so the part that I had was slurred, and I started playing off this part that was given to me by the New And Mazur just like freaked out. No, no, Getzogin, oh, no. Getzogin. Why did you get that music? And I just I held it up and I said, um, the New York Philharmonic, I, I <laughs> you know, I didn't go over very well, but it gave me a pass, I guess. But, you know, yeah. I, I mean, it, it was, I, that, I did not expect that at all. They gave me the music I did, but they, you know, Yeah. if I would listened to a bunch of different recordings, I probably hadn't listened to enough recordings to have even mm. asked that question. But you don't think to ask a question like that, you know, uh,
0: but it, it it brings it to the point of like, you know, no matter what happens in, in the audition where you have like the music director yelling at you for for slurring everything or or the committee asking you to play an excerpt again or something like that. You gotta take it in stride. You go with it, right? Absolutely. And and
2: like in anything in life. Anything in life, you know.
0: Exactly. Just... This was a wonderful conversation. Thanks for uh, I, having I me. I really thank you. Oh my god, thank you for being here again. Um our our very first violist. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't ask for anyone wow. anyone better. You
2: know how much I love yeah. coming down working with those kids. I love going down I love Miami. Yeah. It's so much fun. Of course, and the kids they are great. They
0: love you. We love you. Yeah, it's it's been a difficult year for everybody, but I I think that we are we are on the path to um, to having you back and having all of our coaches back in person. Wonderful. You know, just really kind of. Um, Getting back to to uh, the way the way we were, yeah, uh, we will, so we speak. all will, and we'll yeah. we'll all
2: have a bigger appreciation for many important things in life that maybe we didn't get the chance I to agree. focus on before. So
0: yes, good yeah. good for everybody. Thank you, Cindy, for being here. I Thank are. everyone for for listening uh, to behind the screen and subscribing. Uh, Give us a shout out. on uh, Screen is up at uh, gmail.com. Let us know who you'd like to hear on the show. Tell Matt all the great things that, that he's doing. He loves to hear from you. Uh, You'll know, keep, keep those emails coming.: Yeah, keep them he can't, coming. He can't How wait. about Like, let's start getting some.
1: <laughs> Stop making us beg every time J.T. begs, and we still don't get any emails. I checked the spam folder the other day too. I was like, maybe they're going in the spam.
0: I take this as a compliment that we're doing such a good job that no one's writing to us.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I, liked, I would like some interaction from, from the listeners. You don't listeners. believe that? Oh. Well, no, because what I'm seeing <laughs> on the stats, I'm seeing that the subscriptions are going up. So I know that, that people
0: are listening, but they're not contacting us, JT. I know of a few organizations that are actually requiring their students to listen to this podcast. Really? Yes. Well... That's yeah.
1: the ticket. So We need everyone to... That is the ticket. Look,
2: you're, you're just inspiring everybody to go work really hard. You know, they're not that's, necessarily yeah. reaching out and saying thanks. They're just saying... In, internally, they're saying thanks, and then they're going out and doing...
0: They're in the woodshed. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they don't... That's why the fellows don't write back to my emails <laughs> or, or read them. <laughs> that's that's their excuse I see uh, I didn't realize yeah so many so many unread emails mm. we used to do we used to do a weekly email well, we still kind of do but I I kind of gave up last week and I said I, I just I don't have the energy because no one would read them and nobody even commented like hey we didn't get the weekly email update alright everyone uh, Cindy thanks again Pleasure. I can't again I can't thank you enough uh, this was really this was really fantastic good to
2: see you both nice to chat good to see you thanks for having us
0: for sure